You're hanging out After Hours with Matt Anderson, presented by Inside the Gamecocks. What's up, Gamecock fans? Um, This is Matt Anderson. This is the Late Night Gamecock Show. I'm actually recording this on September 4th at about 1.45 p.m., so Gamecocks After Dark coming for you in the in the daylight which is a little bit different than it's normally been um obviously Gamecocks um suffered their first defeat of the season in Charlotte this past weekend Gamecocks fell 31-17 to the North Carolina Tar Heels um really tough game we're gonna break it down a little bit later um just really quick first half you know Gamecocks were down 17-14 after deferring to start the game, or not deferring, actually taking the ball and giving North Carolina the opportunity to have the ball to start the second half. Um, Really thought that was a questionable decision. First game of the year, there's going to be a lot of jitters out there, and I know that the Gamecock coaching staff was really confident in their offense, and I think that's what what played a part there to start the game. Um, So anyway, we'll get to the the game. Um, This is a, a podcast that I'm actually... Really looking forward to to getting out there. I've taken a couple days. Um, obviously, I'm just as upset as all of you guys are that are Gamecock fans. Definitely not the start that that we all wanted to see. Um, first game of the season, you know, going in, I, I thought the Gamecocks had a had a really good chance for a victory, and I, I predicted as much on this show. I, I thought the Gamecocks were going to score more points. I knew North Carolina had the opportunity to score some points, and as I talked about last show, I really thought this was going to be kind of a a game similar to the Notre Dame game and the bowl game where you know both teams were kind of firing on all cylinders to start the game. Um, I thought it was going to be a, a tight game in the first half. I thought the Gamecocks would eventually wear North Carolina down in the second half. I I didn't foresee North Carolina you know scoring as many points as necessary to beat the Gamecocks. And I'll kind of just start right there. Um, I thought the North Carolina had to score 34, 35 points to, to stay in the game with South Carolina, and I was clearly, clearly wrong. And, you know, just like all of you, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not very much fun to say you were wrong. Um, not much fun at all. And I thought that the Gamecocks showed um, a, a good bit of what I thought the offense could look like, especially in the first half. Um, you know, the first half, and we'll get to all this, but first half I thought that, you know, the Gamecocks had a little bit of nerves there. Um, I think that, you know, o- offense and defense, I'm really not that disappointed in the first half. Um, second half is where the game really just got out of hand. You know, we'll start, we'll go, okay, I'm, where I'm going to start is I'm just going to go possession by possession and just kind of talk through that, and then I'll talk about individual players a little bit later. Uh, first, first possession of the game, South Carolina um, has a loss of two yards. It was kind of a kind of a sweep pass, a swing pass out to Xavier Leggett. I, I couldn't tell if that was actually a trick play. I think that what likely happened there was Xavier kind of saw that he was kind of dead right there, and he might have just done something you know on the fly there to say, "Can I throw this ball to somebody downfield? Can I not take a loss?" I don't know what was going through Xavier's head. But um, obviously not a great start to the game. Um, had a had a pass out to, to Trey Knox on the second play of the game off to the left flats. 
there was there was only one North Carolina defender that could make a play there, and the linebacker just for whatever reason had an intuition to stay on Trey Knox there. Um, I think if Spencer had held that ball a little bit longer, you might have seen an opportunity there for um, Trey to kind of break free around the linebacker and kind of throw it over his shoulder. Um, instead, you know, the ball just hit Trey right in the numbers, and then right after that, the North Carolina player hit him in the numbers. So tough start. Um, you know, the incomplete pass to Juice Wells on the third play of the game, we can talk about that all we want. Um, I know that Juice was, was going to give it a go, and um, he's not fully healthy. I think he told ESPN he's about 80% of the way healthy. Um, it's a catch that you really expect Juice to come down with. You know, the ball was thrown a little bit behind Juice. but And I'm not going to break down every play of the game in this detail, but I am just really wanted to kind of key in on the first couple first couple drives here. Um, you know, it's a, it's a play that Juice probably makes 99 out of 100 times. And behind him, there was two North Carolina players and a South Carolina player. And, you know, they were 30 yards down the field. So there was a lot of green in front of him. Um, Juice obviously, you know, got hurt during the game and couldn't finish the game. So that, that was tough to see. I, I'm, for the longevity of Juice and the longevity of, you know, the team, I'm, I'm kind of happy that Juice didn't try and score a touchdown that one because, you know, it's it's kind of a double-edged sword there. Could Juice have really hurt himself if he had caught that pass? Potentially. Um, so, Kai Kroger comes on, has a 47-yard punt. Um, then North Carolina gets the ball, and they, they score a touchdown on their first drive. And, and one of the things that we talked about on the last show was, you know, what was North Carolina's offense going to look like? Um they would kind of been an air raid team, kind of kind of a team that, you know, got the ball out quickly but also had some longer developing plays, and that was just not the case to, to start the game there. Um, you know, first play of the game, a little, a little swing pass to British Brooks, the running back out of the backfield. Of course, you know, Gamecock's luck. Nick Imanwara got injured on the play, hurt his hamstring, tried to give another go, couldn't really get back in the game, and that, that really hurt the defense, although – Jalen Kilgore, a guy that JC's been really high on all offseason, um, did come in, and I thought he played really, really well at that safety position, filling in for Nick. Um, you know, th- this first drive here was just a lot of dink and dunk, you know, looking eight yards, five yards, eight yards, 15 yards. Um, 15 yard run there, that was just a play where um, the seas kind of parted, and one of our safeties, I don't know if it was DQ or somebody else, had an opportunity to drop him for like a five-yard five yard gain, ended up being a 15-yard gain, then a seven-yard gain, 18-yard gain, three, five. South Carolina called a timeout. It was at the North Carolina one-yard line, and, and you know, when they get to the, when they get the ball to the one, and that's pretty much four-down territory, and, and you, saw, you saw what happened there. North Carolina went up 7 nothing. Um, the next drive for South Carolina, um, eight plays, 75 yards, and three minutes and 21 seconds. And I, I posted on the Big Spur that this was the the offense I kind of expected to see. Um, and it was fast. It was it was really really efficient. You know, you had a three yard run, a loss of two, and then a 16 yarder to Xavier Leggett, a 37 yarder to Xavier Leggett, where he just really climbed climbed the pole and got up there and made a just a heck of a catch and so excited for Xavier Leggett you know started the game off so strong 16 yards 37 yards um Gamecocks got it down in the red zone and Spencer Rattler had a one yard rush um passed it to carry on for two Trey Knox um one of the 
one of the bright spots for Trey Knox in the game, a 14-yard catch to get it down to the UNC four. And and one of the best block plays of the game was that first and goal at the UNC four. And the Gamecocks just parted the seas there for DeCaron Jordan to run through. And, you know, 7-7 seven, seven at this point, kind of what I expected. I, I wish the Gamecocks had had a better first drive, first possession. I don't really know, you know, what went into some of those play calls. I don't think they were awful. Like I said, I think, you know, Trey Knox had an opportunity if Spencer had just waited on that play a little bit longer to, to get a first down on second down. So, um, so the next drive, North Carolina has 13 plays, 54 yards. I mean, it's a 13, 4, 2, 6 yards, 6 yards, 4 yards, 5 yards, 16 yards, 1 yard. And then Gamecocks had a stop for no gain. And North Carolina went forward on fourth down, and the player – for North Carolina, the wide receiver just dropped the pass. Um, he was open, and it could have been could have been trouble for South Carolina because I think he would have scored a touchdown if he had called it. But you know that's the kind of moment that you, you get a big fourth down stop. The game's seven seven. The game kind of resets, and then the Gamecocks take over at the at the South Carolina twenty three yard line. And just what we've seen far too often under South Carolina is. You know, a big, a big, a big play, a big opportunity to seize momentum in a game. Um, you thought the offense, you know, had it, and I still think they do have it. I just think it was just a bad, bad game. But you know, they go three and out, and they punt three plays, negative one yard, a minute and thirty-three seconds. That's kind of the danger when you play fast. And I know that the Gamecocks want to play fast, so. Um, I don't think that anything went went off script there. Um, you have the down and distance, and it's no different than than you know North, North Carolina kicking a field goal or scoring a touchdown. You're getting the ball in the 23, and you know two runs by DeCarryon, and then Spencer got sacked, <laughs> and that that's going to be a storyline for this game. Spencer getting sacked. Um, next possession, you know North Carolina took over at their own 38. They went three yards, three yards, 13 yards, five yards, four yards, two yards. Three yards, um, false start in North Carolina, and then on third and 12, just, you know, right when you think South Carolina's defense has them where they want them, J.J. Jones catches an 18-yard pass, kind of wide open. Um, first down, North Carolina. They're down to the South Carolina 16, which would have been a field goal or maybe even a punt. I don't know about the leg for the North Carolina kicker, but just tough. It's just tough when you have those kind of opportunities to – to take momentum there and, and you just you fail back to back um so north carolina then had a, a delay of game penalty um drake may completed for six yards and then um back to back incomplete passes and north carolina kicked a field goal 37 yarder 705 left in the first quarter and 37 yard field goal good north carolina's up 10 to 7 um again spencer you know i have nothing but you know good things to say about what spencer can do when he has time Uh, this play was I mean this series was five plays 72 yards in a minute and 49 seconds it's kind of what I expected the Gamecocks to do and you know talk about playing fast and scoring fast I don't know I'll be honest guys and I'm going to go on a little bit of tirade here but I I heard good things about the offense I heard that they had eight nine offensive linemen and they were rotating in trying to find the right five and I heard all offseason that the Gamecocks were playing fast. And, you know, playing fast sometimes has its drawbacks because when you're when you're playing fast, you've got to line up, you got to block, you got to execute. And 
I don't know if the Gamecocks were playing fast because the offensive line was so poor they were trying to catch, you know, their opponent in in difficult situations. But you know, this was a, a classic example of South Carolina doing exactly what I thought they would do on offense this year. Um, and I'm not saying every every play, every possession is going to be like this. You're going to have three and outs. You're going to have difficulties. But you know, Spencer Rattler, 29 yards to Xavier Leggett. Next next play, 20 yards to Marion Brown. Um, you got um, a run by Juju for no gain, and then a 22-yard completion to Juju down at the North Carolina 23. Um, so then you get you know 22 yards. You're at first and goal from the one. Next next play, you got Juju McDowell running in. And if you're watching the broadcast, Dowell Loggins was saying, go, 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 go. I mean, there were things that Dowell liked and things that Dowell saw. And, you know, I have no issue at all with what, what they were doing. I think that that's what the Gamecocks envisioned. So Gamecocks are up four, uh, um, Gamecocks are up at that point 14 to 10. Um, you're, you're still looking for that momentum breaker. You're like, okay, now the Gamecocks have momentum, so let's break North Carolina's hearts. Let's get a big stop. You got you know, a good amount of time left in the game. You got seven minutes in the second quarter. Let's get a stop, and let's keep this momentum going, and let's just go, 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 go. You know, Spencer's dialed in. It's just difficult, and I'm, I'm going to say that word a lot, guys, because just like it hurt y'all, it, this, this game hurt me too. It's not what I expected. It's not what I wanted to see. And you know, North Carolina, every single time South Carolina grabs some momentum, just stole it back. I mean, this is a you know a five-play, seventy-five-yard drive for North Carolina that ends in a touchdown. And you know, you get five yards, you get two yards, twenty-eight, six, and then a thirty-four-yard touchdown pass from Drake May to make it seventeen-fourteen. Um, you know, two and a half minutes left. You think the Gamecocks might be able to get in field goal range? The offense is. is is looking as good as it has looked throughout the entire game. And Gamecocks go six plays, 17 yards, um, and they punt the ball. And North Carolina ends up, you know, North Carolina ends up just running the clock out. They're getting the ball to start, start the second half. Gamecocks feel okay. Um, Gamecocks obviously had a plan in the second half, and, you know, especially to start the second half. And we'll, we'll talk about that right now. You know, Gamecocks go out, and you know there's a little bit of a delay with the with the chain game getting out. I don't know if this was something that I don't know if this is something that Beamer and and Limbo planned. You know, to start the second half of the onside kick, but I could see Beamer was visibly frustrated waiting for the chain game to get out there. And in my head, I, I was watching this live, and I was thinking Beamer had something dialed up there. Or he's just really frustrated because he wants to just you know wash the first half out, start strong in the second half. But Gamecocks dial up a perfectly executed onside kick, um, limbo ball, beamer ball, whatever you want to call it, is still alive and well in Columbia, and it's going to make a difference in games this year. It didn't make a difference on Saturday night, but I, I, I do think it's going to make a difference going forward. But you know, Gamecocks recover the onside kick, 17-14. Gamecocks have great field position to start the second half. Incomplete pass to Trey Knox. You got a six-yard run for DeCarrion. And then, you know, back-to-back incomplete passes to Amarion Brown. And obviously the fourth down fourth down incompletion was a, was a killer because Amarion Brown had his man beat. He probably would have gained another 10, 15 yards on fourth down. And it's just another opportunity to seize momentum, which the Gamecocks had. And... I don't know what to say about this, but the Gamecocks have got to figure out a way to 
to absolutely capitalize on momentum when they get it. And it just didn't happen Saturday night. And we're going to talk about that more in the second half. So Gamecocks turned the ball over on fourth down. Should have had a should have had a first down. Should have kept the drive going. Probably at least get a field goal out of that. Maybe another touchdown. The entire game's changed. Instead of 17-14, it might be 17-17. It might be 21-17. You just don't know. And this is kind of I hate to say that that one play in the game determines the game because I just don't believe it. It's the same thing in baseball, same thing in basketball. I mean, maybe soccer. I don't watch a lot of soccer, but you know, soccer has those moments where one one goal or one I call it a fast break. I don't watch soccer that much, but one fast break and you know, a kick that leads out a a forward to you know, deliver a strike into the back of the net can change the game. In soccer, you can win one nothing. In football and basketball and in baseball, it's it's very rarely one play that that dictates the game. But I will say this particular drop by Marion Brown, which led to a touchdown by North Carolina, they got up ten points, got up two possessions. I, I do think it was the changing point in the game. I I don't know. We're just gonna go through it here. Um, Drake May five yards to Nesbitt, British Brooks one yard. One-yard run, timeout by North Carolina. They didn't like something they saw. Third and four, it's a three-yard run by British Brooks. Um, fourth and one, another another opportunity to change momentum here. And North Carolina went forward on fourth and one from the South Carolina 44. Um, if you listen to the broadcast crew, they said that you know last year Mac Brown really regretted not going forward on fourth down, some in that bowl game where they lost by one point. Um, Mac Brown kind of. You know, I'm not going to say what Cam Smith said last year, but you you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, he kind of he said we're going to go for it and we're going to drop our you know what, and they did it. And the second time they did it, this time it worked out as a six yard rush for British Brooks, um, followed up with a 37 yard 37 yard catch, um, passing catch there from Drake May to Gavin Blackwell, and then all of a sudden it's first and goal from the South Carolina one, and they score another touchdown. And it's really tough now because, you know, we're talking about a 10-point game. So it's 24-14. to 14. And South Carolina, you know, in typical South Carolina fashion over the past few years, you know, just answering somebody's punch. And it's only – the Gamecocks that I can remember have only really answered someone's knockout blow one time, and that was against Clemson. Maybe Auburn a couple years ago. But, you know, in the last couple years, it's really only been Auburn and Clemson where the Gamecocks have kind of – taken that blow and, and fought back and North Carolina goes up 24 14 and the Gamecocks have three plays negative seven yards uh, got a to carry on rush for no gain to carry on rush for no gain and then Spencer Rattler got sacked for a loss of seven yards and now the Gamecocks are punting again um, punting from the South Carolina 18 and Kai Kroger didn't have his best punt of the game um, 37 yards, North Carolina has the ball in excellent field position. And, you know, they're off, kind of off to the races at this point. I don't know what else to say. First and 10, North Carolina, 16-yard pass, 4-yard pass, 6 yards, 5 yards, 1 yard, 5 yards, incomplete, 18 yards for a touchdown. Um, the South Carolina secondary, I think, didn't play as poorly as it might have been perceived. Um, I think that and we'll talk about the position groups later. I'm not going to get into that right now. But at that point, it's 31-14 North Carolina. 
there's half halfway through the third quarter, and the Gamecocks really have their cut out their work cut out for them at this point. Um, starting that drive, you know, it's four plays for 13 yards and minute and 52 seconds. Spencer Rattler has a run for 15 yards for a first down, incomplete pass to carry on, four yard run by to carry on. Uh, Spencer got sacked again for six yard loss, and Kai Kroger punts it 60 yards for a touchback. North Carolina gets the ball back. This is like when I thought the Gamecocks kind of had to have their last breath. Um, they had to get off the mat. They had to fight back. And, you know, 17 points, three-possession game, it's a lot to overcome. And I kept, I kept going back to the Clemson game last year in my mind. I kept going back to that Missouri game when, when um, Connor Shaw came in and, and kind of saved the day. But it just it wasn't looking good for South Carolina. And all of a sudden you have um, a run for five yards, a complete pass for four yards a run of 29 yards, and you're just thinking, wow, can this game get over fast enough? You know, I'm going to be up all night watching this and brooding over it the entire night. And then, you know, you have that stroke of luck. O'Donnell Fortune intercepts the pass. The Gamecocks get the ball to South Carolina 30, right when you thought North Carolina was going to at least get a field goal out of it. And O'Donnell Fortune comes up big for South Carolina. Um, you know, you, you look at this now, down 17, got, got some time left in the game. Um, two minutes left in the third quarter. Gamecocks have a have a, a guys. I'm just going through this box score, and it's it's hard. It's hard to like go back and look through. But Xavier Leggett six yards, Juju five yards, twelve yard run by Spencer, incomplete pass for ten yards to Juju, and then just another sack, which just irritates the the hound out of me. It's so hard to to watch the Gamecocks be doing good things and. And then just have all of a sudden it's second and 19. Gamecocks have a false start. Now it's second and 24 at the South Carolina 39. Thankfully, Gamecocks got a pass interference, a holding call on um, Tayon Holloway. Gamecocks get pretty much blessed to first down in that situation. And then you have a pass complete to Xavier Leggett for 33 yards. Gamecocks are down to the North Carolina 13. Spencer has a pass to Marion for five yards. Unnecessary roughness. Gamecocks get the ball at the UNC six, and then couldn't do much with it. Um, third and nine from the UNC five. Um, Spencer gets. I don't know why it says third and nine there, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm remembering this play like it's seared into my brain. But um, third down, Spencer gets sacked for a loss of three. Gamecocks have to settle for a field goal. Um, hats off to Mitch Jeter. Um, still perfect on the season. Perfect on his career. Knocking on wood there. Uh, Gamecocks make it 31-17. Got you know 12 minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and then again another interception. I told you guys that I t- I'm, I'm getting frustrated now, like looking back on it. But I had a, I had a really good idea that Gamecocks were going to force multiple turnovers on Drake May. They did it. Maybe it was a little too late in the second half. But then South Carolina turns the ball over on downs, 31-17. The score doesn't change the rest of the game. Um, pretty much South Carolina gasping for breath there at the end of the game. So 31-17, final score, not what anybody was hoping for. Um, Going to run through some some stuff that I thought was interesting. Uh, time of possession in the first half, North Carolina dominated the time of possession. By the end of the game, North Carolina had the ball for 32 minutes and 37 seconds. The Gamecocks had the ball for 27 minutes and 23 seconds. Passing yards, North Carolina had 269. Gamecocks had 353. 
And this was just – we're going to talk about the offensive line. I promise you guys we're going to talk about it. But um, North Carolina had 168 yards rushing to the Gamecocks, negative two. Obviously, a lot of that negative two was sacks that Spencer took. I think he took nine sacks in the game. Penalties were roughly even. North Carolina had seven for 49 yards. South Carolina had six for 35. Gamecocks won the turnover battle 2-0. Um, stole a possession on an onside kick. And you know, looking at it, North Carolina had 68 plays. Of their 68 plays, 19 of them went for 5 to 10 yards. So that's a 27.9% clip for um, plays that went five, 5 or 5 to 10 yards. 10-plus um, yards, they had 10 of them. That was 14.7% of their plays. They had two plays that went for 20-plus yards, and North Carolina had two plays that went for 30-plus yards. So I'm putting all my notes away, and I'm just going to talk from the heart here. So bear with me. I hope it's not not too over the top. Um, you know, when, when North Carolina has 48.4% of their plays go for over five yards, or at least five yards, that's a recipe for disaster. I, I don't – let's just start. We'll start with the defense. The defensive line, I think that the interior of the line played decent. They got no pressure on the edges that I remember. Um, defensive ends, you know, losing Jateus Gear was – or Jaceus Gear was, was not a good thing for the Gamecocks in this particular game. I think that the Gamecocks will be better on the defensive line. I I think that Jordan Strong popped a couple times, but just wasn't able to actually get to Drake May. And, and you know, at the end of the day, I think that this is kind of a testament to Drake May and his ability. Um, for all of us that, that want to say that Drake May is an ACC quarterback, the ACC competition isn't that great, I agree with you with the ACC competition not being that great. But just like I said on the last show, I remember watching Drake May play a couple times last year, and I, I thought he was really, really good. Um you know, he sat behind Sam Howell for a year. He had over 5,000 total yards as a, as a redshirt freshman or sophomore, whatever he is now. Um, I think he's he's draft eligible, just so at least he's at least a redshirt sophomore, if not a junior. And I just thought he was pretty good. I thought the Gamecocks did a really good job against him. I don't know if it, he's the best quarterback the Gamecocks are going to face all year, but I think that defensive line had to get more pressure. I think he did a really good job of escaping escaping pressure a couple of times. I, I think back to a 15-yard run he had that it was either 2nd and 15 or 3rd and 15 or 3rd and 14, 2nd and 14, where he just let the play come to him and he scampered for you know big gain, and that was a momentum killer again. We talk about momentum killers, and just being honest with you, there are a lot of them. Um yeah, I think the Gamecocks respected Drake May a little too much with with his um, with his legs, um, and that that's hard to say for a guy that you know rushed for 600 yards. You got to respect him, but I think that the Gamecocks played a little too safe. I think that the linebackers were kind of keyed in, and I saw a lot of talk on the message board over the week about you know putting a spy on Drake May and just letting someone chase him down, and, and that's all well and good, but North Carolina just dink and dunked their way down the entire field throughout the game. I mean, you look at that 19 plays, 29 plays between or 29 plays, five, five to 19 yards. Um, I think that the Gamecocks kind of played right into what North Carolina wanted them to play into, especially in the first half. Um, 
Second half, I think there were some momentum killers. I think that you know the Gamecocks would have loved to have had one of those interceptions in the first half before the offensive line kind of lost their confidence. Uh, talking about linebackers, I think Stone Blanton had a decent game. I don't think he had an amazing game. I think that he does have some limitations in diagnosing a play and being quick enough to react. Um, it's it's a reason why you know I love Stone Blanton to death. I think he's a great player. He's going to be a good player for the Gamecocks, but the faster they can get Pup Howard ready to go, um, he's the kind of kid that plays a little bit more instinctually than Stone does, and that's not a knock on Stone. Uh, I like Stone a lot. Uh, Debo, I thought Debo was was pretty dang good. Um, Debo is always going to be a guy that, at the linebacker position that's going to attack attack the opposing offense. He's he's like a missile. He's just like shot out of a cannon, and when he when he gets a hold of you and he can square you up, you're going to feel it. And he did that a couple of times. I think he's he's more rangy than we thought. Um, I really really like what I saw out of, out of the linebacker core. I think that you know whenever you have a quarterback that has as much dual threat ability as Drake May, it, it it's really tough on the linebackers. And I think that that was true in this game. I mean, how many times I saw you know a tight end or a wide receiver you know matched up on one side of the field and just taking the defense away from where Drake May wanted to run and it, it it takes a lot of space for a linebacker to come up or a safety to come up and and it kind of take that away when the entire side of the field entire one side of the field is cleared out and you know Drake May rolls out of the pocket and we talked about it last show he's he's really really comfortable when he can get out of the pocket and kind of maneuver and and see what's there and it's almost like you know to me it's almost like let the play break down and then I'm gonna do something amazing. And I think we saw that on Saturday night. And I'll, I'll say it really quick. I, you know, we're going to talk about the offense later, but I do think Spencer had a better night than Drake May. Um, I think that Spencer did really well for his draft stock. Obviously, no touchdowns, but 353 yards passing, um, 30 of 39, throwing the ball with that much pressure coming at him. I'm really proud of Spencer. Talking about the secondary, um, obviously, it's tough when Nick Imanwara goes out and the first play of the game and tries to tries to come back, but he's really not himself. Um, couldn't play, probably hurt. I doubt you'll see him against Furman unless he just has a bounce back. But Jalen Kilgore came in. I thought he played really, really well. Um, you know, if you had if you had changed the jerseys there, I wouldn't have known that wasn't Nick, you know, back there. I thought I thought he diagnosed runs well. I thought he had he he crashed hard. He he had a couple tackles there where he, he stopped North Carolina from getting in a little bit more than they probably should. Um, at the other safety spot, I don't, I don't think DQ had his best game. I think he'd tell you that. I think that DQ was kind of, kind of missing his his partner in crime back there, and maybe the communication wasn't exactly there. Um, the corners, I think Marcellus Dial and I think O'Donnell Fortune had really really good games. Um, you know, outside of those guys, I think some of the the backups. I mean, obviously, we can talk about. Um, gosh, what's the kid's name? I'm gonna blank on it. Um, Keenan Nelson Jr. Keenan, Keenan obviously got turned around on a play that he should have turned his head and, and run with the defender. He kind of got juked out of his shoes a little bit and looked like he was standing in cement. But those are kind of things I think they'll get better at. Um, Kawan Banks, I thought had a great game. Thought he really played well. Um, you know, just looking through this right now. You know, Devo had 14 tackles. Jalen Kilgore had 12 tackles. DQ had 11. DQ didn't play terrible, but, you know, it's a lot there for him to take on. Um, 
yeah, I'm just, you know, Keewan Banks and O'Donnell Fortune had interceptions. I think that's really, really all I need to say about the the defense. On offense, look, I, I'll start with the quarterback position. Everything starts with the quarterback position, so that's where I'll start. But uh, Spencer, I thought, had a really good game. I think that, you know, he has some plays that, that you know, were sacks that he wishes he could have had back. Um, a couple of times he got tripped up. A couple of times he probably could have let the ball fire, fly a little bit sooner. Um, I think towards the end of the game, Spencer was trying to make up points in a hurry. And, you know, you can't score 21 points or 17 points or 18 points on one play. But I think that, um, you know, just the game itself, and I think it played a lot on, you know, both teams. I think that North Carolina was able to just – pin their ears back and come after the Gamecocks in the second half. And that's what you saw happen. I, I don't think the offensive line is as bad as it looked, but it looked pretty daggum bad. Um, you know, I saw on the big spur today that JC talked about getting some of those freshman offensive linemen, the, the Trayvon Balls, the big trees, and the Marky Andersons in the game because they're probably more raw talent. They probably have more raw talent than a lot of the offensive linemen that were out there. Um, you just got to see what happens. <laughs> I mean, it's scary to think about starting those guys against Georgia in two weeks. Um, maybe you put them out there against Furman and see what happens. But I really think that the offensive line just kind of has to they have to man up, and they have to say, I have my assignment. I mean, the tight ends did nothing blocking. I, I, I don't think Trey Knox wanted to block at all. I don't, know if, I don't know if he was actually called to block, the more I think about it. And, you know, rewatching that game, I think there's some times where it looks like a defensive end flies off the corner, but you know, watching the the, the offense that the Dowell Loggins called up, I mean, a lot of times it might have been like a little screen pass to the tight end, or a little, you know, just float the ball out to the tight end in the flats. And I don't know if he was actually asked to block. I just don't know. Um, I thought the tight ends would have more of a more of a say in the game than they did. Obviously, if you've listened to this show, um, I thought that Xavier Leggett played. His butt off. Uh, Xavier Leggett, let's look at it, nine catches for 178 yards, some truly, truly acrobatic highlight-level catches. I, I think if Juice can get back to 100%, you, you might have the, the best wide receiver duo in the SEC. And that might not mean a heck of a lot if the offensive line can't block. But as Lou Holt said, nothing's ever as good or as bad as it seems. I've been telling myself that all weekend. I don't know if it's true. Um, what I saw on Saturday night just absolutely hurt my soul and hurt me to have to come talk to you guys about because I, I expected different. Um, looking at some of the other wide receivers here, um, Marion Brown, 3 for 44. I thought he looked good when he caught the ball. I thought he looked electric. I thought he made guys miss. I thought he got yards after the catch. Obviously, he's a kid that the confidence level needs to rise in him, and it, it did in the, in, the, in the fall. But he's got to get over that, that fourth down drop, and he's going to have to do a better job of concentrating and taking care of what he's supposed to do, taking care of his job. Because, like I said, that, game, that, that, that play didn't lose the game, but it definitely changed the game. Uh, Luke Doty, we talked about this, and I tried to tell you guys this about, about two weeks ago. Maybe maybe longer. I don't know when Phil got that episode up. We talked about the offense and kind of broke everything down. And I said that I think Luke Doty's primary position is going to be wide receiver as time passes. And 
and he looked good out there. I mean, I wouldn't say that he looked electric with the ball in his hands, but he caught the ball, he secured it, he got yards, pushed up field, you know, three catches for 41 yards. Juju did what Juju does, three catches for 31 yards. Josh Simon had four catches for 20 yards. Uh, Trey Knox, two for 14. DeCarrion caught some passes out of the backfield, five for 13. And then um, Peyton Mangrum got in there, one catch for 12 yards. And it was a big catch, the one that Peyton had. Rushing the ball, um, the running backs didn't get an opportunity to do a lot. Um, I can't say that I was overly impressed with DeCarrion. Um, I don't think he made guys a miss. I know that when something was blocked for him, he took off and scored a touchdown. And 12 carries for 23 yards, a long of six, is just not going to get the job done. Um, Juju McDowell, five carries for negative one yard, but, but got a touchdown, long of two. Um, obviously, Gamecocks had negative two yards rushing. And Spencer was responsible for 22 of those negative yards rushing just because of sacks. And can't have that. Um, I don't. I don't know what else to say, guys. Like I'm not. I'm not one that's going to sit here and and try and say that everything is optimistic, everything is rosy, just a bad game. But the amount of sacks that happened, especially in the second half, is just ludicrous. I I don't know what Shane and the coaches are going to do, but I would have no problem telling them this to their face. They they know it. They watched it. They saw it as well. Um. You know, I, I saw a lot of people on the message board giving Clayton White a lot of crap in the first half, but I think Clayton did adjust in the second half. Um, I think the Gamecocks offense didn't do him a lot of favors, but I, I do think I saw adjustments in the second half, and and the Gamecocks are going to have to get ready for teams playing fast. I don't know. You know, Georgia's not a team that necessarily plays super fast. Mississippi State, I don't think it's going to be a team that plays super fast. Same with Florida. Um but then you got Tennessee, and Tennessee is going to play fast. And Gamecocks are going to have to be ready for that because, you know, five to five to ten yards at a time is a way to lose a game pretty quickly. So the Gamecocks are going to have to be ready for that. I, I mean, obviously you kind of look ahead here a little bit, and Gamecocks have Furman coming in. I know that everything is doom and gloom right now, and, oh, my gosh, can we beat Furman? The Gamecocks are going to beat Furman. They're not going to lose to Furman. I'm not saying that they cover the spread. I don't even know what the spread would be right now. But the Gamecocks, um, they're going to beat Furman. They're going to go to Georgia. And I know a couple years ago the Gamecocks went to Georgia. Um, Ryan Helensky was the quarterback. And then DeCarion came in. And, and somehow as 28.5-point underdogs, they beat Georgia. I can promise you right now I will not be predicting that. <laughs> but you just never know what happens in football. I think that it can't get much worse than it, than it looked on the offensive line. If the offensive line can make some adjustments, I do think that South Carolina has an opportunity to hit a lot of their goals this year. Looking at my predictions from the last show, I said the Gamecocks would go undefeated at home. I still maintain that home schedule isn't that difficult, and maybe it turns out North Carolina's a top-10 team. I don't know. I don't think they are, but I don't know. Um, so you just got to see what happens. They got, you got Furman. You're gonna be one and one. You got Georgia. You gotta, you gotta keep confidence up somehow, some way. And you can't go and you can't play Georgia um, in in Athens and and get beat 56 to like seven like they did last year. Uh, you gotta 
you got to find your pride. You got to find your ability to say, what can we do to change things? And, you know, after rewatching the game, and I'll talk more about this on Thursday, I, I, I'll be honest, I, I'm hurt just like y'all are hurt. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know what to say about it. Um, you know, you look forward to that game all week, all off season, all day. You're watching college football. You're watching Colorado, you know, upset TCU. You're watching football. And, like, the middle, the middle afternoon games are kind of boring. You're just waiting for your Gamecocks to play. And it was a letdown. And that sucks for fans. It sucks for the team. It sucks for the coaches. Um, it just really, really was unfortunate. But I will say that Gamecocks still have an opportunity to accomplish a lot of things. Still got a 0-0 zero and zero record in the SEC. I uh, still have an opportunity to win all your home games. You still got the game against Clemson. I mean, I, don't, I think Spencer's going to have days where he has like four or five touchdown days. Um, going forward, I think that he still has a chance to break the single season yard um, passing yards record, as I predicted last episode. I'm trying to make light of it, but I'm really not. Um, just real quick, uh, I don't know how many of you guys are on the Big Spur message boards, but one thing that I'm going to say, and I'm sure I'm going to get crucified for, but you know, losses are tough. It's never fun. Um, but I saw a lot of just kind of anger and resentment come out. Um, from the message boards and a lot of attacking of different people and guys I just encourage guys and gals I just encourage you to to not let a bunch of 18 to 23 year olds ruin your weekend Uh, Gamecock sports is supposed to be fun Um, it's not fun when we lose and it's not fun when you know you had high expectations but you know I'm not I'm not well I am you can ask my wife I am I'm a really big optimist that's just how I live my life, and it's it's served me well throughout my life. And I always am, am looking for the half-glass-full kind of mindset. But I can promise you that if you're a member of the Big Spur, like, there's no staff member that's purposely misleading you. Um, there's no staff member that's not telling you exactly what they're hearing. And, you know, a lot of the things that the staff heard, you kind of saw come to fruition in the game. I don't think that anybody in the building thought the offensive line was going to perform that poorly. And the offensive line has a big target on their back right now, not just from other teams that are going to come in and play against South Carolina, but also inside that locker room. You know, Spencer was running for his life and had a great game. Got to get guys healthy. Let's see what happens on the offensive line. I I would not be surprised at all to see a shakeup there. And I think, frankly, you know, those those players did not earn the opportunity – to, to start another game at South Carolina, a lot of them. And, you know, Case and Henry got hurt. You know, that happens. He's probably out for the year. I think he is out for the year. Uh, someone's going to have to step up at left tackle and right tackle. I think that, you know, if nothing else, you know, maybe we can move some guys that have played different positions in different schools. But they, they, they got a taste of what big-time college football is like. And they're going to have to – they're gonna have to respond, but y'all. I hope I hope that everybody. I hate to end on such a morbid note, but I hope that everybody has had outside of the Gamecock game a, a nice, long, enjoyable Labor Day weekend. Um, you know, just like yesterday on Sunday, just like today, the sun still came up. I hope that you know you're enjoying time with your family, time with your loved ones. I hope that um, Gamecocks can win a couple more games for you this year. It's a lot more fun when the Gamecocks are winning and. 
you know, even though I do this show, I'm still a Gamecock fan, and I, I want I want us all to have an enjoyable season. Um, I don't think it can get any worse. <laughs> I'll put it that way. And and um, you know, we're just gonna just please join me in, in looking at it with a glass half full mentality and and just saying let's get right against Furman, let's go play Georgia, and then let's let the season really start in earnest and. Still an opportunity out there to, to get some wins. I don't know if they're going to get nine or ten or eight or seven or six or five or, or one, but I think they're going to get at least two. So go Gamecocks. I appreciate you guys for listening. You know, One of the things I say at the end of every episode is thank you for giving me the most valuable thing you have, which is your time. Um, I enjoy doing this. If you guys have any questions for me, you can reach me at latenightgamecockshow at gmail.com. Or you can get um, reach out to me on the on the Big Spur message boards under the username Matt Anderson. And um, like I said, guys, I hate it for you. I hate it for me. Just a tough, tough game. But I will be with you guys again on Thursday. Um, don't forget that going live a week from today, um, I'll be on YouTube. So you'll see my beautiful face for radio um, <laughs> soon. So we'll um, we'll get together in person on Monday, but we'll have another episode on thir- episode on Thursday for you. Um, am I am planning to go to the Furman game? So if anybody wants to stop by the tailgate or wants me to pop over to y'all's, like I'm happy to hang out with you guys and spend some time and and let you guys get to know me off of off of this um, kind of format we're on right now. But again, thank you for listening. Holler at me if you need anything. Um, and it's not just Gamecock stuff. If you need something, holler at me. I'll see if I can help. I know a lot of people in the world. But I will um, talk to you guys on Thursday, and I hope you have a great Labor Day, and we'll talk soon.